Hey y'all, it's your girl Carrie Turner and welcome to the Life Behind the Collar podcast. Life Behind the Collar takes a real, raw, unadulterated look into my life and the lives of other women who navigate the worlds of ministry and marketplace. I'm going to give you a front row seat to what happens after the collar comes off and the personal life begins. Hey, everybody, welcome to Life Behind the Collar. And can I tell you, listen, literally one of my favorite people on the planet I am interviewing today. If you have ever heard me talk about anybody, you've heard me talk about the one and only Bishop R.C. Blakes Jr., who I affectionately call dad, who is my spiritual father, and I just love him so much. I am thrilled to have him on today. Bishop R.C. Blakes Jr. is the husband of the one and only Lisa Blakes, and the father of four beautiful kids. He is the eldest son of Bishop Blake Sr., and he and his brother work together to oversee the New Home Family of Churches, a ministry encompassing six locations from Louisiana to Texas. He has been in ministry 33 years and has been pastoring for 29 years. He serves as a senior pastor of the New Home Family Worship Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. He has a master's of theology from the Christian Bible College of Louisiana and is a nationally sought after teacher of the word of God, as well as a dynamic empowerment speaker. Bishop Blakes is a regular teacher on World Harvest International Television Network. He and his brother Samuel host their own national television broadcast on the Word Network weekly. He and his family own and operate KKNO, a Christian radio station in New Orleans, Louisiana. He is the author of the Father-Daughter Talk book and has attracted global attention. He and his wife, Lisa, are also the authors of the book God's Playbook for a Winning Family that has brought restoration to so many families. His teaching style is life application, empowering, and is based on exposing the principles in the word of God. People gain a workable knowledge of the Bible as he expounds on the scripture. His ministry is characterized as empowering, positive, practical, and prophetic. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome one of my favorite people, Bishop R.C. Blakes Jr. Bishop, thank you for being on this call with me today. Thank you for having me. You know, I am I am truly honored. I'm not just saying that. I'm truly honored that uh, you would even think to have me on. To be- Listen, you. it is my honor, honestly, to have you. You know, I, I genuinely just love you, and I love Lady Lisa and Mama Blakes and uh, Bishop Sam. I genuinely love you guys so much, and so I'm just grateful that you made that you made the time today to be on the Life Behind the Collar podcast, and you should know that you're the first man on the podcast. <laughs> well, now, that is a tremendous honor. Uh, yes. I promise you, that is a tremendous honor. <laughs> I, I was so impressed when I saw you launch the vision for this. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that it would be something that would be a catalyst to just usher mm. many women in ministry into mm. a place of understanding and freedom in their calling. Wow. Uh, you represent so much of what God is doing today wow. in the lives of women. Wow. Uh, I'm proud of you, actually. 
Thank you. you. And listen, you know that you know that that means so much to me. Um, I don't, I have never um, just, you know, said the words, oh, that's my spiritual father. I don't play around with that stuff. But you all should know that I just I honor. I love and respect this man. I tell anybody if he say, listen, you need to go left. I'm going left. If he say you need to sit down, I'm sitting down because there is a level of trust and honesty um, that that I that I have for you and honor um, that I have for you that not just me, but there. There are many, many women across this nation and this world that really look to you because there is there has been a voice that you have uh, began to and you probably have done this for years. But for many of us in the last several years, we've had an opportunity to get exposed to you. And there has just not been another voice like yours that has the ability to speak to um, women in ministry that has the ability to speak to daughters. I think in a way where women feel safe, um, they feel secure and they can trust your voice. And so I want to just ask you, you know, what is it for you that has caused you to have a heart for women and a heart for women in ministry the way that you do? Because because that it's it's very rare, you know, and you know that ministry is a male dominated field. We know that there is an excess of women who um, have come in and who have been blazing trails for years. But you also know it's a it's still a very masculine uh, career for many people. It's a very masculine area. And so you are you are an anomaly in this because every male in ministry that that is in leadership is not saying the same thing that you are saying about women in general and definitely about women in ministry, women in ministry. So where did your heart for women in ministry come from? I think I think it was I think it comes out of in fact I know it comes out of my evolution mm. first uh, as a man yeah. I evolved into old manhood mm. I, I had a different perspective on womanhood and the sad reality is that uh, ministry is a male dominated field yes for lack of a more sophisticated term but. Another sad reality is that most of the males that dominate ministry are not healthy Oof. and are not whole. Yes. And so when I evolved into a whole manhood and simultaneously being called into ministry, mm. I began to look at ministry through different lenses and I began to see how women are realistically backbone of ministry yes sir um, women are the engine of vision mm. and at the same time women are marginalized yes sir and women are emotionally spiritually physically and even sexually abused yes by sir male leadership in ministry mm. and so from that perspective i think it, it it brought me back to just the base of my manhood and i think the base of manhood is to protect womanhood. Wow. I believe, you know, at the core of any real man is the desire to protect the women in his circle. Mm. Not just his mama, not just his wife, not just his daughters, but wow. women in his circle. Wow. And so I became very protective of women, and I began to uh, speak out because as a pastor, as my church was developing and growing, I discovered that it was the women that were driving my vision. It was the women that I could lean on and wow. depend on. And so I just developed a real compassion and heart for women. 
and I just happen to be the kind of guy that does not need the approval of of you know any in crowd. Come on now. On my mind. Come on now. And so it kind of isolated me from uh, you know a lot of circles. Sure. I make my own circle anyway. Yes, sir. It didn't really matter. <laughs> and so it didn't make a lot of friends for me. But at the same time, God was developing within me, mm. and I didn't know it. The heart of a father. Mm. And a father is a man that is, number one, safe. Yes. father is a man that provides and protects. And so it's from that context. You know, it's from that context. God just literally gave me a heart for women in ministry. And I I recognize that uh, there were not a lot of male voices that would speak up for or cover women. Yeah. Sincerely and genuinely cover women. Yes. And that's where that's really where in a nutshell, but I can talk all day. That's where that's where it stems from. No, it's I'm I'm so I'm so glad um that you that you shared that because it's so profound and it's so powerful because one of the things that that you said is number one, we have a lot of male leaders that are unhealthy and they are not whole. Um and then, you know, in addition to that you know, for years, and, and we know this, you know, especially in the black church, it has been uh, the woman that has um, fueled the ministry. They have been the backbone of the ministry. And it has always just been perplexing to me because I grew up, um, quite honestly, I grew up missionary Baptist. So I've been in church since I was seven years old. And I started um, speaking around that same time as well. So church, back then church really kind of saved my life because it was rescuing me from a lot of Um, dark things that were happening in my home. So I ran to church every opportunity I could. And so I noticed, though, um, that very early that when I began um, speaking, I never really saw women preaching in the pulpit. As a matter of fact, not never really. I never saw it. Um, And even when I began speaking myself, I don't think I have ever spoke in the pulpit of the church that I spent most of my life in. It was always the little the little podium on the front of the floor. You could speak at that. And the women were never called pastor. They were never called um, ministers. They were always only called evangelists. And we, they did not preach, but they were speakers. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I grew I, I, I grew up with that, um, with that blog. Now, I, I had always thought to myself, now, why is this the case? This doesn't, this doesn't make sense to me. And as I got older and I started to, you know, understand more about church politics and a lot of religion and how people have taken the scriptures um, to 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 block women out of so many things, but definitely blocking them out of the pulpit. And there are women today who are still and and I don't knock it because people can choose to be wherever they want to be. But it is baffling to me to watch women uh, be be primary supporters in denominations that won't even allow them to hold a microphone in the sacred space of the pulpit. And so I want to ask you, you you know, just out of your wisdom and what you have seen, and, and you have written about this in your in your books because I got all of them. Um, but I want you to kind of talk to the listeners to tell them, you know, for you, do you believe that there is a place in the pulpit for women, and does this place have to be validated by men? You and I had a powerful conversation.
conversation a few weeks ago and I was kind of sharing with you my heart and where I was. And one of the things that you told me is that I don't have to be validated by a man in particular in order for me to move in the things that God called me to move in. And you don't know how freeing that was for me because we come from, um, and you know this, a church culture where if you are not validated by a specific person who says that you can go out and do X, Y, and Z, then your gift becomes invalid, your anointing becomes invalid, and it's almost as if you become a bastard. Do you know what I mean? So for you, talk to us, Bishop, just a little bit about, um, yes, there is a place for women in the pulpit, and does this place have to be validated by men? Well, you know, when you think about uh, just the whole concept of uh, pulpit, um, that that whole concept mm. stems from religious order. Yes. Because in the in the beginning they they preached they taught the word from house to house. Yes. We didn't come into this this thing called um, organized religion until later. And organized religion was and is the product of man made ideas. Mm. There's a very big difference between a church culture, religious culture, and the kingdom culture. And so even though um, men may not, certain men may not allow you to stand in a pulpit, so to speak. Yes. It does not diminish the call of God on your life. Mm. I have this conversation quite often with uh, some of my male counterparts, and they disagree. They don't believe that women should preach the gospel. Sure. Even though, uh, the disciples did not come to that tomb. It was the women that That's came right. to the angels sent the message back through the women. That's right. The apostles who then brought it to the world. They don't believe, even though Joel talks about, um, I poured out upon you, my son, your son, and yes, your daughters. Yes. They don't believe it. Yes. Those two right there are enough for me to go. Right. Um, it is, you do not need the, the validation of a man to speak the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. It doesn't even make sense to say to a person that God can save you, God can deliver you as a woman, but you, you because you're a woman, you're not qualified mm. to share that good news mm. with the world. And so my message is that you should stay nowhere that you're only tolerated. Mm. If People, even Jesus even taught that. Yes. He said, if you go in the place and they don't receive you, dust your feet and keep it moving. But it is the order of God that women will bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And a woman does not need the validation of a man. I believe that there's a biblical order. I believe that there's sure. fathers sure. and pastors and there's ecclesiastical order. Yes. But at the end of the day, the calling of God, when you start talking about I'm called, yeah. when you really look and you research that word, you, you look deeper into that word, it simply means God has invited you to participate in his kingdom agenda. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about the call of God, the invitation of God into ministry, is that never in scripture, male or female, do you see God looking for the approval of a man to call anyone into his service? Wow. When the calling of God is on your life, you cannot really be concerned with your denomination liking it, your your, your particular preacher, pastor approving of it. Yes. The calling of God has to trump everybody else's opinion. Yes. And when you know that you've been called, 
into ministry. They may not open their pulpit to you. Yes. They may not agree with the calling of God. Yes. You have to simply ask yourself, should I obey God or should I obey men? Mm. And I think the answer to that question is easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. And I, you know, one of the things that I have uh, found myself um, ta- when I'm doing self-talk with myself is, you know, I have come to understand that um, oftentimes um, you we are ca- our, our loyalty to God will cause men to think that we are being disloyal to them. And at the end of the day, it's just what you said. You know, I'm responsible for reporting to the one who I know called me. And if that means that, you know, there are some places I won't be able to go. I'm okay with that. If that means that there are some doors that won't be open, I'm okay with that. Because what I know about God is that if he has called you, there is a certain space, there's a certain people that he has also called you to go to that will be able to receive you. And I think sometimes, you know, we, as a woman in ministry, it is easy to get caught up because I've had people just tell me straight out, oh, you you look like this, you dress like this, you did the X, Y, and Z, you teach like this, you will never be able to go here. And I used to, um, I used to internalize that. And, you know, I'm like, oh, gosh, I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to do that. But I had to quickly come out of that thing. Because if that's not where I'm supposed to be, then I'm not going to be there anyway. I have to trust that whatever spaces and whatever places the Lord wants me to be in, that that's where he will be, because that's where the impact will be the greatest in the first place. So I I love that. Yeah, I love that 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 is something that you that you continue really to highlight for us. I want to just talk just a little bit and I'm going to kind of shift gears a little um, because it's the same, but it's kind of going in a different direction. A lot of what you share with us, um, whether it's on live or on the radio or whatever it might be, a lot of what you talk to us about is, you know, leadership. It is about women in ministry. But you also talk to us a lot about, um, you know, what it means to be married, what it means to be covenant in covenant and what it means to be single. And so I have found, you know, for myself, a lot of mistakes that I have made being a single woman in ministry, quite honestly, because I didn't come from a ministry family. Although I was in church, I didn't have that type of background. So I never had anybody sit down with me and say, okay, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is how you move. I, I literally was green and I literally feel like the Lord thrust me into something. Do you know what I mean? And I've just in some ways had to figure it out. He has now sent people into my life um, like yourself that I know I can call and I can get wisdom and insight on. Um, And so I don't regret that. I think that even that was for a reason. But I want to ask you, what are some what are just a few major mistakes that you see single women in particular making in ministry? Uh, Number one, I think would have to be um, to make yourself too accessible mm. uh, to to male to male leaders in ministry, mm. and assuming assuming that uh, because a man has a title, he has the character to match. Jesus, <laughs> um, that I think is probably number one. I see so many uh, young uh, sisters in ministry who get caught up with these. These these men that um, have these titles, they have a, a, they have high positions. Yeah. Um, and if you feel like you get as a woman, you begin to feel like, okay, well, this must be God, you know. Um, 
Mm-hmm. This man can open doors for me, and then he'll turn it, you know, in a, in a romantic direction. Yep. And he'll bring you all the way down the rabbit trail. Jesus. Only to bring you back to where you started. Mm. That's nothing. I think that's the number one mistake. I think male leaders in church, unhealthy male leaders in church, are abusing the idea that I can advance your ministry in the minds of women in ministry. And wow. And often women in ministry fall for it. And you, you're, you're baited in on, yep. you know, on a real... Um, uh, uh, innocent. Yes, uh, yes. You're honestly believing that God is sending this person yeah. to help advance your ministry. After yeah. all, this person is married, so they can't have yep. <laughs> any other ideas. And if you look around, thing has twisted you up. Yes, sir. tied up in something that you never dreamed yes. you being tied up in. Yes, sir. And now you're struggling with guilt. You're struggling with is my message authentic? Anymore? Yes. You're struggling to get your joy back. Yes. I think that would be number one. Yeah. Not assuming that just because a man has a position or has a title, bishop, apostle, pastor, yep. whatever, yep. that he's a safe man. Yes. That he's an honest man. Yes. Number two would be um, akin to it. Mm-hmm. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that men or people in general are going to be the ones to advance your ministry. Come on. The same God Come on. You yes. Is going to advance your ministry. You're, you're never to be a slave to organizations or people or cliques. Yes. Number three. Yes. Um, to um, really monitor the quality of your circle. Mm. Because there are no messier circles than women preachers quite often. Ooh, ooh. They see that you have something on your life that um, is relevant. Yes. That is potent. Yes. Something that is marketable. Yes. They, women in ministry will attach to you like leeches. Jeez. And they will drain you. Now, in as much as in as much as um, uh, men that have the wrong intentions yep. are great hindrances to yes women. yes i think right on uh, come right on point with that yes sir the unhealthy sister circle yes that have not truly been uh vetted yes you have to vet the women in your life yes if you're running in the wrong circle here's a great illustration here's a great illustration if you're running in the wrong circle it does not matter what's in your life it will it will be hidden Mm. It's kind of like taking a white Rolls Royce mm. and putting it in the middle of a fleet mm. of white Chryslers. Whew. You're not going to be able to notice the Rolls Royce because of what it's encircled by. Come on. So as a woman, be comfortable with walking alone. Yes, yes. Just like you have to pray for a good man, you have to pray for real and genuine sisters. Yes, sir. Uh, another thing that I would say, um, is a mistake that women quite often make in ministry, and that is to believe that you got to scream and holler and sweat and fall out <laughs> on the floor like men. You know, you, you just don't have to do it. You just don't have to do it. This is a different day. This is a different culture. This is a this is a 
conversational ministry type thing. Yes. And, you know, some women have that, you know, Jackie McCullough, when yeah. you find them, they just naturally have that. Yeah. Most women don't naturally have that. That's right. So while you stumping and sweating and spitting <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff, you could very well just, you know, get your message together. That's and, right. And you don't, don't feel like you have to divorce your femininity yes in ministry you yes become a dude in the pulpit come on bitch in ministry. yes yes and that's one of the things i love about your approach to ministry you never it's never a mistake no it's never mistaken that you're 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 you're, you're being a woman yes it's never off of the table yes you clearly know from the ever end, this is a woman preacher <laughs> right. preaching. Yes. and and so you know these are some of the mistakes. Another, another thing I would add mm-hmm. is uh, when God begins to uh, advance your ministry, yes, advance your ministry, and your ministry begins to grow, yeah. and you begin to take on greater influence, mm-hmm. it's going to be imperative that you have have your money right. Mm. You really have a, a, a good relationship with money because wow. ministry is not a lot unlike uh, business. Yes. You're going to have to be the primary investor yes, in sir. your own ministry. Yes, sir. <laughs> and to move your ministry forward means that you're going to have to have some coins. And nobody's going to really give you that. Nobody's no, sir. Own you that. No, sir. You're going to have to go in your own pocket pretty much to print your books. To yes. Your, your yes. Books, go get you some professional headshots. Come on now. Get a real graphic designer. Yes. You know, get somebody to help you put your social media thing together properly. Yeah. You're going to have money. You're going to yep. have money and, and nobody's going to give it to you. Yes. So getting your money right so that you, you know, I could go on and on, but those are, those are the things that come to mind. No, these, listen, these are so, you, you've said so much and they're so good. And I, I want to just speak to a few of them and one or two, I want to definitely go back to, but you are absolutely right in terms of ministry being an investment that you have to make right on the front end. Like it is, there are, and I tell people all the time, you know, there is this, there is this idea now because ministry has, has become or looks so sexy for so many people. Do you know what I mean? That they think that number one, it's something that, you know, has happened overnight. Anybody that knows me knows that I've been doing this for a long time. There just might be a new light that has been, been shined on what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? And so, and, 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 and people think that because you, you in quotations, I'm doing this, you booked or you got these engagements that it means that there's a lot of money coming in. It doesn't mean that there are oftentimes that you might be traveling and broke, not because you are unwise with money, but it could very well be that you are taking the money that you get and investing it back into what you are doing in business. There are a lot of doors Bishop that open for me because I was already packaged and ready. Do you know what I'm saying? I had already made the investments in, in, in my books and made the investments in my website or my brand or different things that I was doing. I made the sacrifices on the front end so that when I, when the calls came, I didn't have to try to hurry up and get ready. Do you know what I'm saying? I had already laid the groundwork to do that. And so I had that in place. And then I have been working on making sure that my content was, was, and that's an ongoing thing, making sure that I actually had something to say, because it's not enough to have a cute picture and a cute brand. But then when somebody call you, you ain't even talking about nothing. And I tell people, 
you know, all of the time that it's not enough to it, it's it, there are too many women who have sacrificed for me to be able to stand, you know, to stand and do this type of work um, for me to show up ill prepared for me to show up and not have a, a word. Do you know what I mean? For me to show up with no re- real relationship with God. And so you are right. It's going to take that type of um, investment. You know, some of the other things that you talked about is, of course, you know, be the, the circle of women, you know, being able to vet them. I, that is that is true, because a lot of times we blame a lot of um, what happens in ministry on men. But I have found, sadly, that women in ministry can be just as dangerous as the men. Do you know what I mean? And so you're right. You 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 got to vet them. You've got to know who's who and 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 monitor your circle. You are so right about that. And then, of course, when you spoke about um, being too accessible to other, you know, men leaders. Now, this this is a big one because it's just what you said. I, I had to learn really fast that my level of discernment was what was going to help me. Sometimes I may, I did made the right choices. Sometimes I may not have, but it's that discernment that is going to help you be able to decipher who is who, because you'll never know the wolf by just thinking, by just listening to a title. Do you know what I mean? Bishop, you'll never know who the wolf is by just by looking at the outside and what the Lord had begun, you know, just to even show me personally is that, you know, as you advance, the titles get greater it's no longer it's no longer you know um brother so-and-so who might be helping with uh sunday school it it becomes doctor so-and-so bishop so-and-so apostle so-and-so and if you are not careful you will look at just the title and just what you said thinking that even if your intentions are pure other people's are t- intentions are not pure and that was one of the, the fastest lessons that i learned is that a vulture a wolf don't care about your intentions a wolf is after whatever they are after Do you know what I mean? And if you are not wise enough, if you are not grounded enough, and if your discernment is not at a certain level, you will get yourself involved in situations that are difficult for you to get out of because the enemy is, he doesn't care about your engagement dates. He doesn't care about even your ability to speak well. He cares about your name and your influence. And the ministry circle is small. I don't care how big it is. Do you know, Bishop? And so, you you know, it. even if you are, um, again, you might be harmless, but if you are connected to certain people, it can appear a certain way, even if that's not the case. And so you you are absolutely right in, in all of the areas that I think, you know, we we do often make mistakes in. And so I want to ask you uh, as your daughter and then and then as you have other daughters listening, you know, as it relates to that in particular, it's hard to um, sometimes even have conversation with with, uh, you know, other men that are in ministry, because sometimes you just don't know people's motives. So you, you kind of shy away altogether. And so I want to ask you for single women who are in ministry, should we just keep away completely from dating men that are in ministry? Because to me at this point, it just seems like not a good idea, <laughs> not a good idea at all to just not even do it. And so it's kind of like, how do you, cause you think that you're dating people that might understand you because you're doing similar work but sometimes it just doesn't turn out that way so what type of advice would you give single women in ministry as relates to dating other people in the field well I I think with I think in terms of that uh, women in ministry dating guys in ministry yeah I think you should always if if you have a if you 
have the spiritual father mm. that is really accessible mm-hmm. and active in your life, yeah. I think you should always vet the potential young man through your spiritual father. Yes, sir. And even through his even through his wife, if you have a relationship with wow. her, maybe you call her mom, I think I think the two of them those two persons yeah. Uh, become the buffer, and yeah. I think you, as a woman in ministry, don't be, don't be, don't be thirsty. Yes, don't be, sir. Don't be so desperate. Mm-hmm. Take your time mm-hmm. and let this thing unfold and prove to be what it's proposing to be. Because mm. anybody can act for a few months. That's anybody right. Can put on a great act for a few months. That's right. But taking your time, vetting that relationship through the right channels, and at the same time, not making. But never make a date your priority. Wow. Always maintain your purpose as priority. Wow. A lot of women in ministry, you you know, you, you forget about the purpose that God has called you for when you find this man that you think might be your, you know, your, your forever. Yeah. You should, you should maintain your priority. Your purpose should be your priority. And then you, you, you fit this, this man into your life on the backside of that. Mm. If it works out, great. Then when we get married, then we'll reprioritize everything together. Right. But never lose yourself trying to catch someone else. Wow. Getting that situation through the eyes and the oversight of uh, and of a man that you trust. Yes. Your father, your spiritual father, your brother. Mm-hmm. You got all three of those. Mm-hmm. Of all of them. And then Keeping the, keeping the reins of your heart under control. You don't just fly off the handle and, yeah. you know, throw all of your emotional self into this situation and then it proves not to work out. How can... How never can, invest... No, I'm sorry, Bishop. Go ahead. Mm-mm, go ahead. I was just going to say, you should never invest more into love than you can afford to lose. Oh. It's kind of like investing money. Yeah. Never invest more than you can afford to lose and not have to jump off the bridge. Oh my so goodness. Never invest more into a an unproven love affair Oof. than you can afford to lose. Never give more of yourself and you can afford to lose. If it doesn't work out, okay, I may cry out there too, but I'll be all right. That, you know, that's just wisdom. What were you going to ask? No, I no. Oh, that that was so good. And I, and I was going to ask you, what are like, what are some ways that we cannot do that? Because as women, we we have a tendency to do, and you know this, every single thing you just did. We one date becomes a priority, then the whole relationship becomes a priority, and we have put everything that we're working on on the back burner, um, only to invest all of this stuff in a situation that we've not given enough time so that it can fully develop or for it to be exposed fully and then we're left wounded so how what are some things that we can do to kind of like uh just not attach ourselves to something so soon and give too much too fast i think having um i think having the right accountability circle Mm. of women Mm -hmm. sisters where you actually say to them you know now hey you know i I really want to be married i really want a man yeah my husband rather yeah and i have the tendency to just go too fast too far too soon yeah and so i need you all to just kind of watch me and if you think i'm going too fast too far too soon i need y'all to kind of pull me back if i try to resist Love me enough to just be persistent in it. Yeah. Uh, and then I think you have to, I think you create an accountability circle. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think you just come to terms with um, your own values, your own principles that you decide to live by. Yeah. That you make up in your mind that this is who I am and this is the way I will live. And then it boils down to working on your personal discipline, mm. your personal relational discipline. Okay. And that is what I have to have healthy and sound and ongoing relationship with myself yes. and my purpose before I can effectively have a relationship with you. So my priority, these are things you have to say to yourself. Yeah. Talk about self-talk. Yeah. My priority is to have a healthy, ongoing relationship with myself. Yes. Because if I don't, I will sabotage any relationship mm. with anybody else. Mm. And so maintaining that mindset that accountability circle and then establishing your own mindset relative to your relationships, uh, having that internal government of discipline and mm-hmm. having that external government of that internal, of that, that accountability circle, I think are two things that every woman in ministry must have in place because it's just a natural thing for a woman. It's just the way you all are built. Yeah. When you feel like this could possibly be it, it's just a natural <laughs> thing for you to just get tunnel vision and that's how going for it. You know? Yes, sir. And while a man can have a love affair, you know, he can run a business, yep. he can be administrated, mm-hmm. all of that stuff compartmentalized. Yeah. You know, y'all just sweep everything off the table and it's just about <laughs> my boo. And you don't know that your boo gonna leave you. Child, listen. You know, <laughs> He, you don't know he got three more boos. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and all y'all six. <laughs> all of y'all six. He drove all y'all six. <laughs> Listen, you 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 know you know it's the truth. It is the truth. So I want to ask you, and I we could t- listen. You know, you and I could talk all day, but I know you have you got other things that you got to get to because you you stay jet set. And let me just say that you you can't sit down. You're all over the place, which I love yeah. so much. <laughs> you stay on a plane or even in a car. And I wanted to ask you. You know, the last time we talked, I think you were on your way. You were just driving up to visit your son because you have a son in college. And although you have all of these spiritual kids around the world, of course, we know that you are married to the beautiful Lady Lisa. And then you also have daughters and children of your own. So I wanted to ask you just as relates to, you know, while you are helping us to learn about ourselves and um, to, to build healthy relationships as women, as our as you know, by ourselves, you know, what do what things do you do with you know um lady lisa mama lisa and your girl your biological daughters to make sure that you have you continue to have healthy ongoing relationships with them they understand the call of god on my life yeah and the intensity of it the yeah and of it yeah um but they've never had to ask for uh, my attention wow Wait, can we just pause? Just can we just pause, Bishop, just for a second? You said they understand the call on your life. They understand the intensity of what you are doing. And you listen, you are for those that may not be familiar with you. um, Bishop is an extremely busy man, not just with the churches that that they pastor as relates to new home family of churches, but even being a 
powerful, busy, itinerant speaker who is constantly on the road. So for you to say that they understand that, but then to also say that they never have to ask for your attention, it speaks volumes. That is, uh, has proven to be uh, a major key in maintaining a healthy connection to my kids. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of parents, that may be as busy as I am would say, well, they should call me and check on me. Well, I call and check on my kids. Wow. I have, um, I have, I have canceled things Mm. or things that were important to them. Wow. You know, they've never been in a position where they had something important going on in some ministry situation trump what they were doing. Yeah. If it's something that is important to them, anything in terms of ministry is automatically pushed to the back burner. Um, I maintain a, a very open uh, relationship in terms of our conversation with my kids. Mm. I allow them to I allow them to be uh, uniquely them. Yeah. My wife, I think the key to my wife and I uh, being as successfully married as we are, because when I say successfully married, we're not just married; we're actually happily married. You know? And that's a difference. And it's a huge difference. Yeah. It's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. And. I travel a lot, you know, I mean, I'm away from my wife a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't have no outside woman. Nobody can. Yes. Out on social media, <laughs> what's matter? I got a baby farm or I'm this woman over here on the East Coast. That's I'm right. I'm on the West Coast. That's right. I ain't got none of that. That's right. So I got one woman I sleep with. Her name is Lisa Blake. <laughs> and the reason that works is because I don't view my ministry as my ministry. I view my ministry as our ministry. Wow. And from long ago, even before my wife was comfortable with it, I intricately involved her in ministry so that she would never see ministry almost as a mistress. Wow. She saw ministry as something that God has called us to together as as a married couple. Yeah. And so, you know, in as much as it ties me up a lot, it never, it never dawns on her, or never, it never translates to her that ministry is taking her husband away mm. because she's involved as much as I'm involved. Yeah, and I lead with my wife. Yes, I, go, I talk about my wife. Yes, all of my daughters have access to my wife. Yes, she has access to them. Yes, um, you know, and there are parts of the ministry that you know she runs. Yes, it. I have to go to her and ask her what's going on here. <laughs> And so just making the whole process mm-hmm. family operation mm-hmm. and taking taking their interests and making their interests my priority yeah. has proven to be. I try to make all of my son's football games. Yeah. I, I, I may miss one or two during the season. Yeah. But, you know, I sometimes I'm jumping off the planes because I mm-hmm. need to see that he is my priority. That's right. Uh, my, my daughter's. You know, I have three daughters and one son. My oldest daughter's a principal. I just went by her school the other day, just dropped in to see her. Yeah. She was introducing me to the faculty and staff, and that, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. My, my second daughter works with me in ministry, and she's a, she's a business woman. And I just sent her a text and said, hey, you know, daddy want to hang out with you. Let me know when the time is good. Oh. And she sent some smiley faces back. <laughs> you know, just that kind of thing. Yes, sir. Just that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I, I don't define myself by my ministry. Mm. I'm more defined by my family. Mm-hmm. 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 
mm-hmm. I want to find some of family. Yeah. And so, you know, those are just some of the some of the things that I uh, that I think uh, yeah. is a very healthy family ministry uh, dynamic. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think that that's just that that's just one of the the million reasons why I think I love you and so many people love you and honor and respect you because um, just the heart of who you are. We love how you how you love your family family. We love the level of character and integrity that you walk in. And we love the level of transparency that you have because you you never paint a picture um, that everything is perfect or it has been perfect in your life. You are honest with us about your mistakes, how you grew, how you overcame them, which helps us to know that we have the, we have the capacity to do the very same thing. And so I, I've got to figure out how we can, we going to be able to talk again <laughs> and extend this conversation because it's so much more that I wanted to get to that we didn't have time to get to, but I think that we covered so much, um, just as relates to, you know, the, the, the value of women and the things that we can, we can look out for so that we're not falling into traps that, um, inhibit us emotionally and physically and in our call and really understanding the value of family and, and having an identity that is not solely wrapped up, uh, in ministry and the work that you're doing in that way. And so I love you I appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and you know I um I, listen I, I bless you I love everybody in the family but I bless you guys and I just pray that God continues to give you um extreme strength and stamina as you continue to travel the country and the world um sharing your heart with us and helping us to get free every time we hear your voice your voice is needed it is impactful and I know that you have many examples of that that you can see but I, I want you to know that I am absolutely one of them and I'm honored to be connected to you and your family anybody else that come in my life they show enough coming down to you you and they gonna sit in front of you and Lady Lisa and they gonna have to say who they are and what's going on so anybody that I'm going to a next level with they better get a flight to New Orleans and they better have a dowry when they get down there oh yeah the dowry is important they better have a check in their hand All right, Bishop. So tell the people I as you, I love you too. Tell them how they can reach you before we end. Well, you can find me all over social media. Um, I think the the biggest driver of my social media influence now is YouTube. Yes, uh, you can find me at RC Blakes Junior. Uh, Facebook RC Blakes. Um, Instagram RC RC underscore Blakes. And I think the same on Twitter. Okay. They can also go to my website, rcblakes.com. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or you can you can check out uh, the website of my fellowship, Family of Churches Fellowship International, at focfi.org. And yeah, so that's you know that's some of the ways you can kind of connect with me and figure out what's going on with me. Awesome! Thank you so much again for sharing with us today, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I know you guys are going to be in Las Vegas soon. You know that's my hometown, so I know Vegas is not even prepared. Yeah, you know I'm born and raised from Vegas. I did not know. Yes, that. sir. Yep, yep, I'm yep. Both I went to Atlanta last. I know. Yeah, last month. And I bought a ticket for Atlanta, but I was in Dallas and I missed it. So I didn't get a chance to. But I'm looking forward to coming to the conference this summer as well. So I'm I'm going to see y'all. Y'all can't get rid of me. I love you. Baby. <laughs> OK, love you, too. Have a great day. 
Thank you for joining me today for Life Behind the Collar. I pray that you are left inspired and empowered. I'd love to remain connected with you. Come on and follow me on Facebook at Carrie Turner or on Instagram at Ms. Carrie Baby. You can always reach out to me for more products and to support the ministry at my website at www.carrieturner.org. Chat soon.